0: record. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show, Entrepreneurs, Business, and Finance. We're fortunate to have Jeff Vernon on the show this morning. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Great, great, great. Well, Jeff uh, used to live in Dallas, and as so many good uh, relationships happen, we were introduced by a fellow business colleague, uh, and Jeff has a Tremendous experience in oil and gas, uh, as well as other things that we're going to talk about. And he's become a friend. Uh, he actually lives in Florida and i made a point of, uh, stopping him and meeting him when he was in Florida because we were introduced after he'd moved from Dallas to Florida. Uh, and, um, he now works, uh, with mineral royalties group, uh, helping with our, uh, our marketing and, and some other things. And, uh, Since I uh, put you out there as the expert that you are in oil and gas, and I know a lot of your time until recently was spent in um, kind of the drilling world, and Mineral Royalties Group is about owning the properties and the royalties. Um, Can you share uh, a little bit about what you learned uh, in the oil and gas drilling world and how that compares to what uh, we're doing at Mineral Royalties Group?
1: Absolutely. Um, I sold interest in joint ventures, limited partnerships, and um, that type of thing, and I also did investor relations in uh for an oil and gas company uh an independent drilling company and uh the one thing I learned is that uh if they have to ask you for your money in order to drill wells um they're probably not very good at it <laughs> um you know companies like chesapeake like um um oh you know the big yeah. operators yeah. they they don't need our money. They don't need your money, and that's fantastic getting paid out of the um uh out of the gross instead of having all those expenses yeah it's a no brainer but um I think the biggest thing about the oil and gas industry with um those types of companies is and I used to love it you'd always hear them talk about how they found something that Chesapeake missed or that um Continental Resources missed. Well, those guys don't miss stuff. If uh, if they really want it, they're going to acquire it. So when people are telling you it's because they missed something in that area, it's um, they didn't want it. And that's one of those projects, every time I ever saw one of those where they said something like that, there was a problem. That's how good those billion-dollar operating companies are. They pick what they want, and they leave the rest.
0: It's kind of interesting. And uh... – <clears throat> You know I think there are some successful smaller independent operators, but as a defense for them, it's just very, very difficult. I've done that myself uh in a past business, and uh the funding and small operators and all the problems that you run into uh oh my gosh, and you know we had some successes, but we also had some failures and um the combination of uh Having shale, which is not like you're looking for oil, you know it's there, and having a company that has so much experience with geology and engineering and geophysicists. Yeah, I mean, that makes all the difference in the world.
1: It it really does. You know, I mean those 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 smaller companies, I mean, bless their hearts. Most of them their hearts were in the right place. But when you don't have all those resources, that's when those problems can really kick your butt. I mean, if you're um, <clears throat> if you have a problem and you've got billions in resources, you can fix that problem very, very quickly. But if you don't, then sometimes it takes a little bit longer. You have to maybe go the cheaper route. And sometimes that's not as a, as effective. It's like these properties that uh, at Mineral Royalties Group, those companies have already spent tens of millions of dollars to drill wells. We know it's there. They wouldn't be spending that money if it would.
0: Pretty simple. And, you know, I, I always do my best and can't say that uh, I'm perfect by any means, but uh, try to, you know, work with people with good character. And uh, my understanding is you got kind of fed up with it and you just got out of the business because it was just too much. It's too hard to see uh, people basically not do well. Trying and, and, you know failing or having problems and uh um but then when you learned about uh, mineral properties and you kind of had to be talked into it to understand that hey, this was different uh you kind of lit up with the excitement again and um got back into the, the oil and gas is that an accurate uh description absolutely
1: yeah being able to sell something that is a real asset that you know, people get paid out of the out of the gross. They don't have any expenses, and all we pay is taxes. That that's incredible. And to be able to generate revenue for your family for generations off a single purchase, and it's truly passive income. It just it's mailbox money is what they used to call it. Now I guess you call it inbox money, you know, because it's <laughs> <laughs> cause, 'Cause you just hear the little chime of the cash register or whatever you set up to tell you when those uh those checks hit. Um whenever you made money. You did it while you were sleeping, while you were doing everything else in your life.
0: Well, and truly royalties, most people don't understand that you can buy property underneath the ground under where a big company, billion dollar potentially publicly traded company is is drilling and they pay you a percentage because you own the property. But that's what Mineral properties, uh, mineral rights, uh, there's different names people give it, but that's what it is. So it's, a, it's a, not a well-known business for most people. Yeah, and they've been doing it. Um, people have been able to buy mineral
1: rights since like 1839 is that's when they we- first started that. Um, you know, you got families out in the Permian Basin as a perfect example. You know, back when oil was in the big boom in the beginning, when they were still going after traps and stuff like that, um, those families made a lot of money on what are basically dirt farms. They couldn't even grow stuff out there. And then as they depleted those resources, all of a sudden, you know, they weren't getting as much money. And then when they found the shale formation out there and started producing that, those people started getting checks again just out of the blue in their mailbox. Could you imagine that? Just all of a sudden getting checks on a property that your family has owned for, you know, hundreds of years.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just mind boggling. Uh, it is it is mind boggling. <laughs> well, well, another you happen to live in an area that of the country, Florida, that has a lot of seniors because of the warm climate. Um, I'm certainly of an age now where, you know, my parents have passed away and I went through um rewarding times, but also difficult times when uh they uh both had dementia Alzheimer's, um, needed help and different levels of care. And uh I know another one of your passions and uh uh what you do is you help uh seniors and um I think people are interested in that. What what you've learned and what you know about how to help your loved ones, uh your parents or aunt, uncle or anyone that you care about that uh, needs help as they get older, because unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> beats the alternative, as my dad used to say, we're all going to get older. Uh, a, yeah, so um, I,
1: I moved to Florida because uh, a friend of mine that I had worked with for years uh, took a job working for Life Alert, and uh, he, uh, he offered me a job. And I happen to know a lot about Life Alert because back when it first came out, I was actually working in the security industry. And I remember talking to uh, the owner of the security company that I worked for was, we had a big meeting and he was talking about this wondrous thing, Life Alert. He's like, they can tell you if your equipment breaks. You know, security equipment, you have to hit the button and find out the hard way, right? Somebody might not answer if there's been a problem with the equipment. The only way to find out is to hit the button and find out. With Life Alert, nah. If anything goes wrong with that equipment, they call the person that's wearing it and say, hey, that device doesn't work. (laughs) We're sending you a new one. Um, You know, if a safety device can fail you without you knowing it, it's not really very safe. And uh, I think the biggest problem we run into is people have become so cost conscious and they have the mentality that um, all this stuff is the same, but it's not. You can look at the paperwork that those companies send out with their equipment. It says, you can't rely on this. It's not an emergency response device. And it's like, really? So why are you charging people for it? Um, it's been an example of just how shady, unfortunately, our society has become. As far as I'm concerned, the other companies out there are taking advantage. They're acting like they're gonna produce they're gonna provide resources or results, and then they don't. I mean, it's crazy. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, being able to get help anytime you have a situation of any kind, medical, having a fully licensed medical dispatcher and all of your medical details following you anywhere you go in the United States. So you're never a generic 911 call. That's huge. You know, if you've ever had to call 911, you know, that's not always a great experience. They don't know the first thing about you due to privacy laws. They have to figure out who you are, where you are. They have to figure it all out. And they can't even share. If you tell them you're taking a medication, they can't even tell that to the paramedic. They have to wait till they get there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's all about protecting people and making sure they get the help they need when they need it immediately. And that's why, um, actually, at Life Alert, they've uh, independent studies show that our members state out of nursing homes and assisted living centers, an average of six years longer than folks that don't have it. And that's specific to life alert, which is an actual company, not a thing. <laughs> I get those calls. People call in and they go, I got to buy a life alert. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's not. A... And we've played around, you know, you call some of these other companies and you say, yeah, I need to buy life alert and they will happily sell you their system as life alert which is a registered trademark weird huh yeah i guess that's why they keep getting sued (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: well um that is really very informative i actually thought i knew uh a bit about it and i didn't know as much as i i thought i did so uh well, the other
1: companies, they just forward emergencies into 911, so they're literally charging you to add time to your response, right? If you can call 911 yourself from your cell phone, and your average response time is going to be around 15 minutes in the 911 system, Um Then if they're going to have somebody that verifies that there's a problem before they transfer it into 911, they've literally added time to your response. That's why they can't tell you that they've ever saved a life. If you look at any of those sites for any of those other companies, nah, they'll talk about making you feel safe, but they can't prove that they've ever saved a life. Life Alert saves a life from a catastrophic event every 11 minutes and we can prove it.
0: So big difference. Boy, that is absolutely astounding and encouraging. Also, yeah. you know well, that there's good people with good companies that are making a difference and and uh, you know making uh, money doing it. Um, that's uh, that's the American way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's the, the
1: you know we're uh, uh, Life Alert's a family owned business. So they're not publicly traded. They don't have stockholders that are making safety decisions based on money. Um, We manufacture our own equipment right here in the United States. It's the top of the line. It's all state of the art. It's the best equipment in the industry and the most reliable. Um, Yeah, I could charge a lot less, too, if I was importing cheap Chinese stuff from, uh, you know, Wuhan, China. (laughs) That's where they make a lot of those devices. It's kind of weird. I guess that's the medical area of China. Interesting. interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I hear all kinds of stories. You know, uh people call and they'll be cursing us out. I mean, when, when you get a call from an 80-something year old person and they're cursing you out because their life alert didn't work, and you're like, that's not life alert. And they they will insist and swear that they got life alert and then They finally look at the where where it says what it is, and it's another company every single time. I had a lady say the other day, she goes, you mean my kids got me the cheap one? (laughs) Sorry, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) I wish I could tell you that that was a good one, but it's not, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the most frustrating thing about it is that the uh, misinformation that's out there. I mean, it's a... It's been an education. These other companies use the same exact words that we do and mean something completely different. Uh, For instance, response times. When they say their response time, they're talking about how long it takes their um, uh, monitoring station agent to answer. So you hit your button. They say, is there an emergency in about 12 to 15 seconds? Life Alert's a little slower. Um, We say, is there an emergency? An average of 30 seconds. The difference is the person who answers is actually going to handle your entire problem from beginning to end. They're going to dispatch who you need. You're not going to get transferred, put on hold or anything like that. you are fully qualified. The other one's just going to transfer you. It's like, what are you paying for? You can call 911 for free yourself from your cell phone.
0: Yeah. When you boil it down like that, it, it seems so simple. Uh, that's one of my, um, I think, uh, belief system. Some of the most important things you can do in business is, is boil it down to the main point. And we say it like that. It's like, well, my gosh, I uh, thank goodness I don't need it, but uh, I'm ready to get it. <laughs> you know what? You never need it till you do.
1: It's like wearing yeah. a seatbelt. You don't you don't try to predict when you're going to need it. Am I going to need the seatbelt today? Because you're gonna you're, you're not going to be right. We just wear it each time. And when something happens,
0: okay, we're never just really mind. sign me up, sign me up. Never mind, sign me up. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, uh well I am uh, a little bit envious. I'm from Arlington, Virginia. And we used to have you know winters, about sixteen, seventeen inches of average snow. People in Buffalo and Maine and Minnesota and North and South Dakota, they all laugh at that. But so here I am in uh, warm sunny Dallas and uh It's uh, been below freezing and came in, I think it was maybe a little above freezing this morning. And uh, there you are in sunny Florida. Uh, Let's see. What's the temperature? Hang on. Let me see for you. It's 58. 58. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's uh, that's tough stuff. Um, (laughs) Well, hey, really good to uh, work with you. uh, Listen to what you have to say. Uh, have our, our friendship and um, thanks for coming on the show. I think people find this interesting and, and fun and uh, I will talk to you soon. For having me. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.